Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. If this is your first time, we welcome you to the show. Uh, make sure that you check out www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out a little bit about who we are and what we do. All right, we are super committed to our veteran and military community and teaching them not only you know how their VA loan works and some awesome strategies that they can use to house hack and build wealth uh, to further their financial career, but also teaching them a lot of the investor tricks that are out there, right, in the real estate world. And and we use this podcast to demystify some of those hard concepts. So um, if the, again, if this is your first time, we ask that you please go check out some other uh, episodes that we've had previously uh, where we break down some of our other topics. And also we ask that you check out some of our awesome episodes that we have with experts in the game like Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone, uh, Rod Khalif, and more, all right? So anyway... Uh, this episode is absolutely amazing. I want, cannot wait to introduce to you guys Mike. I just want to let you know that this episode is very Christian heavy. So if you are not uh, a Christian and listening to uh, folks talk about God and, and their faith makes you uncomfortable, then this may not be the episode for you. However, we ask that you please um, you know, just kind of take this with a grain of salt. Um, and listen to Mike's story because it's phenomenal. I mean, he's been through so much and it just kind of shows you what you can actually achieve in life and certain things that you can overcome. You can overcome a lot more than you think. And every once in a while, we love to do a mindset episode to kind of help those that are either have already started investing or they're getting started investing and, and they're not sure, you know, they're uncertain. And, you know, sometimes having, you know, a little mindset episode to, you know, kind of shake things up a bit uh, helps along a lot. So that's why we love to incorporate these. Um, however, we just want to, you know, add a disclaimer that we do not at any point, um, it is at no point is in our intention, right, to kind of change your faith or tell you what you should believe in or anything like that. You know, um, I am a Christian and I do not apologize for uh, for holding, you know, episodes like this that, you know, someone who has been through something and they want to talk about their their faith. Um, I do not you know, um, apologize for that in any way, shape or form. I don't care what faith you are, what you believe in, um, you know, whatever you believe, as long as you believe it firmly and it adds value to our show. Uh, I think it's awesome. And I would love to hear your story. Okay. So anyway, thanks again so much for tuning in. Definitely hope that you guys enjoy this episode and you're able to take something away from it. Cause I know I took a lot from it and let's go ahead and start the show. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I've got an amazing guest here with me. His name's Mike Cade. What's going on, Mike? How you doing, sir? Doing great, man. Doing I'm great. Good. Hey, none of that sir crap, man. My name's Mike. <laughs> we got the same name, bro. <laughs> Don't worry about that sir stuff. <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, dude, so, so Mike is an awesome individual. He has an absolute amazing story, which we're going to get into later on. 
Uh, I had one phone call with this guy and absolutely blew my mind away with just the, the sheer amount of crap that he's been through in life and what he's been able to overcome. But, uh, but before we get into that, I want to kind of introduce, like, you and Eric met at uh, Tony Robbins' conference, right? Right. We went to the same conference convention last week, I believe, or a few weeks ago. And it was incredible. I met great people at Eric Upchurch, and I met some other producers from movies, and just totally elated to be there. Wow, man, that is awesome. Yeah, I, I heard uh, a little bit about it from Eric and um, and I saw some of the videos and pictures and whatnot from the event. It looked like it was absolutely incredible. Um, had you been to a Tony Robbins event before? Well, that was the first one. Uh, one of my tax advisors, uh, Miss uh, Joanna Dowd out of Beaumont, she invited me and sponsored me as well on my trip and other people such as the Veterans Unleashed uh, they got a fund together and put them for all of us to attend. So it was an incredible event, which really increased my awareness to, I guess, business and how you can network and meet people. You know, outstanding veterans unleashed. Yeah, I heard a little bit about um, the fact that they had sponsored that event, and so I definitely need to do a little more research on them uh, because I'd never heard of them before, but. But yeah, guys, so uh, Veterans Unleashed, an awesome program, and it looks like they are sponsoring military to go to some events like these. So uh, definitely tap out to them. I'll definitely try and put something in the show notes about them there. But um, wow, man, that, that's incredible. So so what was your biggest takeaway from that event? I've, I've never been to a Tony Robbins event before, but everyone keeps telling me like they're the things to go to. So I'm, I'm going to try and make it out to one of them. My biggest take on that was like the motivation of like seeing different people get excited about, I guess, different techniques, how to use in business to increase your, I guess, your energy, your your method of approach to how you look at your job and to make it, you know, fun and ignore anything negative. That's, you know, the main thing I got out of it and how to, you know, put yourself in a position to, even if you're tired, to to strive to do the best you can. Wow. Amen. Well, goodness. Well, I know we all could use yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. The hardest thing to really commit and, and to push yourself forward. But I know you know a lot about that. I mean, your story is absolutely incredible. And guys, again, we're going to get into it in a bit, but, um, but awesome, right. man. Awesome. So where are you from? I'm originally from Jasper, Texas. Um, born and raised there, grew up uh, in Dodge schools overseas in Germany. Uh, oh, that, wow. that means in Dodge, you know, it's like a mixture of Italian, Panamanian, Guamanian, Vietnamese, Chinese, <laughs> you know, students who all go to school together. So I highly culturally, culturally diverse, you know? Okay. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Right. So, I mean, so even being in an environment like that, I'm sure you absorbed a lot. Yes, sir. Uh, I guess growing up overseas, you know, from kickboxing to football to piano lessons, <laughs> you know, increased activity, you know, also learning a different language and being able to get along with people such as Ich wohne in Mannheim, Germany for three years. I lived in Germany for four years with my, my father and my mom. My dad was in the army. My mom worked, you know, APHIS. And then from there, you know, I just tried to make good grades and proceed on to college, you know. Okay. 
All right. Kind of follow the order things, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is, that's forward. awesome. Man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then, so what inspired you then to join the military? Was it your father? My dad was a recruiter for the army, but he couldn't get me to go in the army. So I went into the air force. <laughs> I stayed there for approximately five and a half years. Uh, as an E4, I was a buck sergeant, got uh step promoted for doing the right things. And, and, you know, I even boxed for the government. I was on the Air Force boxing team. Wow. I kicked box. You know, I was blessed to, the general provided his Learjet for me to fly from Okinawa to the Philippines. And, you know, I did some great things in the military. I was invited to be on the, what is it, the Army inspection team, but I couldn't fire one for the guys because so, he had trained me. So, therefore, keeping my honor of, you know, my, my culture of Asian martial arts, I, uh, I didn't fire him and they didn't allow me to be on that, that particular inspection team. But again, because of my clearance and different things that I did, it put me in a awesome position to, you know, to later on go board, you know, not border patrol, but INS. I worked at INS, worked for the department of justice, did numerous things in law enforcement with the federal reserve and which preceded me to go to Iraq. I rejoined the military 19 years later to go ahead and complete my 20 years into the Navy. <laughs> and then from there, when I, as I was about to get out, I, 2013, I got shot. So if you want me to go into my oh, man. field here. No, there it is, man. Uh, go for it. Go for it. Right. Um, I intervened in a kidnapping May 17, 2013. While in the Navy Reserves at that time, I was at Fort Worth NAS. Uh, during that time, I guess to go ahead and say a friend of mine, his wife, I think his name is Ford. He was a, a Navy sailor. Uh, his wife got robbed. And I was like, you know, that's incredible. Why, you know, did she fight? You said, yeah, she, and she wouldn't let him take her purse and he hit her. You know, I was like, what? It just really infuriated me that, you know, nobody was around to help her in our situation. The guy didn't shoot her, but he really, you know, he hit her pretty hard and he took her purse. Um, I proceeded to go on to Hawaii. I was a small arms weapons instructor at training there for like 30 days. And then once I returned, I went to L.A. to Ventura to interview with the, what is that, the Sheriff's Department there. I, they, I passed the test. I uh, was doing the background information and I was excited. So I flew back home to Jasper, Texas at that time. I landed in Houston, rented a car, drove to uh, Jasper, spent all day there. And then I drove back. I got really tired, pulled over. And on that route, after I woke up two hours later, I proceeded to go on to Houston in which uh, for some reason, the car was total, the rental car. That was the first of things to start to transpire because I was supposed to meet Miss uh, Laura Lovestar out of Houston. She has a Christian uh, TV channel and she uh, had invited me to be the HR for veterans and homeless people. But, you know, they were doing the Astrodome at that time, which was a $90 million account that they were going to allow me to just hire people to help them. Oh, so wow. I was going to get a haircut that morning after the accident. So four o'clock in the morning, I arrived, got some sleep, and I woke up at nine 
or actually 8.30, and I called a barber, uh, Mr. McHenry, Henry McHenry. And he, uh, I was going to go to major cuts and get a haircut. And all, all of a sudden, when we arrived there at 9 o'clock, um, I saw a white truck pull up. I didn't really think anything of it. I was on the phone with some friends from Florida. And Mr. McHenry showed up, and then there was a young Vietnamese lady. She showed up inside the nail salon. He asked her if there were any problems going on, were the problems still going on, and she said yes. And then at that time, Mr. McHenry, he started to cut my hair. Uh, four gunshots rang out immediately after the young lady walked out. The suspect, her ex, a strange ex-husband at the time, had fired four gunshots at her. He missed her. She ran to the back. He went inside. And he grabbed her by the hair and he pulled her outside on her knees. And she was screaming, you know, help me, help me. Oh, Please wow. help me. Somebody's going to kill me. Goodness. I mean, he's going to kill me. And uh, at that moment, you know, I looked out and the guy looked me right in the face. And I let the door go because I didn't know if he was going to shoot. And I looked back and he drug her to the car. And in between the pillar and the truck that he was driving, the Ford F-150, four-door, he had an AR-15, an AK-47, a 9 millimeter duct tape tie up and a suicide note where it was in the vehicle that he was going to kill a 7-year-old, 4-year-old daughter and himself you know, because she had left him, uh, previously. I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I'm going to go into the shooting, but right, he had right. a 13 year old, uh, tied up and a 20 year old tied up at the time, wherever at the location, another location, he was going to take them there. Jeez. Uh, he had been abusing them, uh, very badly, uh, beating whatever he could do, electric shock. And, she had got away from him. The wife had got away from him and she tried to hide at her, the nail salon, but he found her. Mm. But that moment when I ran out, I got halfway, I was sneaking out. I thought I was going to be in a ninja mode and sneak up on him and, and grab him. But the barber opened the door and said, Hey, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You know, out of his concern, I don't, but it just infuriated me again that here's a young lady. I have a sister. I have a mother. I have a daughter. Uh, these things were happening. And, you know, Martin Luther King had said, you know, in the face of danger, you know, we determine who we are in, in that instant. And I, I didn't think about it. I just continued on. It infuriated me. And, you know, I, all this training that I had from U.S. Marshals or I had trained with the FBI or I trained with the service. Here we go. Uh, I went out there and I approached the suspect immediately. I ran up to him. And as he turned around, he just shot me right between the eyes. And I was, that was it. You know, I didn't feel any pain. I just stood there and I saw a light come from heaven brighter than the sun glistening over my head. And as it engulfed my face, I could only see his jawline as the blood and bone marrow went outside of my face. Uh, oh, slow motion onto the ground. Uh, what I guess the public saw was my face blown out. What I saw I could see his face. He smiled. He turned the gun sideways with a nine millimeter and shot me right between the eyes on the right side of my face. Uh, the bullet slow motion went inside my face, inside my skull, and and I fell back into the light. And I'm telling you this on five days after the fact that the attorney, I mean, assistant DA, the senior detective, said, 
Holly Train, what are you talking about? You know, standing in the white piece of shorts and case with shoes and he looked at me and, and they said, Well, you know, witnesses say you clicked the magazine out, you beat him up real bad, you fell into the parking lot face down in a puddle of blood and the suspect reloaded with the new magazine and shot me two more times in the back of the head. I felt a slight burn. I opened my eyes and at that moment Jesus restored me and I got up. I turned around and grabbed him around the legs, pulled him down and uh, twisted around and twisted the gun out of his hand as McKinley came up and grabbed him around the neck because he would have shot, you know, him and myself. And, and as I twisted the gun out, I stood up. My left arm was immobile. I couldn't move because it was broken. My collarbone. I turned around and started to squeeze the trigger. And I looked up in the heavens and God said, no, you know, so I backed up and sit down. And those are the pictures that you see where a gentleman had put the towel around my head and I was bleeding out and profusely. I, the ambulance showed up. I mean, I was bleeding, you know, gasping for air or whatever. They said, can you get up on the table? And I jumped up and said, get into the doctor. And as we got into the ambulance, I told the gentleman, you know, do you know what you're doing? I can't believe this. And he stuck me again with the hip lock, which I felt, I felt the pain. I said, therefore, I must be alive. <laughs> and the lady, she was like screaming, Mr. K, Mr. K, please allow him to put this. I was like, whatever. You don't know what he's doing. But I got to Bentob and the doctors were there ready to treat me. And to the immediate after the MRI, they said there were no bullets present. And my face had already started to heal. And here I am talking to you, you know, six years later with no problems and no pain, and no bleeds or anything wrong. And that's through the grace of God that, or Jesus Christ that I stand there in my belief that, you know, if Jesus is for you, who can be against you? And in death, there is no pain. If you believe in Jesus Christ, we'll all live again and we all need to get ready. So he's coming. He, he, it's real. I mean, I'm six years old right now. To anybody that's listening, I am six, a six-year-old. 51 year old male this body's 51 but in my mind not that i'm six year old old as far as education i remember everything right. i have a master's degree in management from the university of phoenix um and concentration in uh, marketing and i remember everything i remember people and names and but there are times you know as a veteran you know i say i don't have any ptsd i don't have you know if gunshots or anything fired because jesus healed me but for municipal purposes, I mean, I was shot four times and I sit here because I believe in Jesus Christ. And so for all the world and the things that we see this rapper get killed and we see bad things happening to people and those bad people, there are consequences for things that you do to children. There are consequences for things that you do to females or females do to males. And we're all going to have to, this body or your soul is going to be responsible for what your body does and you either burn or you either go to heaven. I asked Jesus when I was in the light. I mean, I, I don't, I just know that there was light around me. I say, Jesus, I don't want to go like this. And here I get this opportunity from Eric Upchurch, from Michael Foster to present this to the world that Jesus Christ is everything. And if we don't get ourselves together in each of our religions to do what's right, what's right is to follow the, laws of the land what's right is to do right for your fellow brother 
I mean, we could sit back and see people starving and somebody say that they're paying 1.5 million for people and you're taking all this money. I, you know, I couldn't believe that 15,000 people could stand around and chant, you know, I am or yes, or to give money for a seat, you know, whereas there are people who are actually in need for floods and, and emergency assistance. And, and until something happens to you, even me, until I have an accident, until I have a flat, I don't need no help. I'm doing what I want to do. But we all need to stand by and help our brothers in, in Christ and in need. That is true, so man. You have that opportunity. Yeah. You have that opportunity. You're listening today and you see somebody beside you needs help and you, you don't allow to help them. God, that's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what God wants us to do is to help so we can change this world. But it's easy to sit back and say, well, I'm doing something. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. Only what you do for Jesus Christ is going to last out of your heart. That's giving somebody from a simple salve to soothe their pain, giving them a quarter to pay for a bill or, or even more money, you know, but it's based on what's in your heart to do what's right. Based on what's your heart, man, that is, that's huge. And that's, uh, I love that. I love that message, you know, and honestly, it really doesn't matter, you know, despite what your religion is, what your belief is, you really touched on an amazing point. It's what you do for others that matters the most. It's huge. And so, uh, and so, wow, man, it's just such an incredible, incredible story. You know, having, having been through all that, like, to, to even just say that you were able to get back up and and hop onto the gurney, right? Like hop into that truck and say, <laughs> take me to the doctor. I need medical attention. Right. That's crazy, man. Right. That is, that's insane, you know? I mean, I, I, I'm a Christian, so I, I firmly believe that that's God. But regardless of whatever you believe in, like, I mean, that's just, that's just awesome, you know? The fact that, you know, you, you put yourself it wasn't out me. there. Well, it, it it wasn't you, but at it the same time, me. it was right. I mean, that courage that you that you face, even going out there to begin with. I mean, as you were telling me the story, I could see it all. And a part of me, I'm not even gonna lie, a part of me was a little mad that you know your, your barber came out of the shop to like say something. Otherwise, you probably <laughs> you he probably would have snuck up on that guy, and he it would be good. <laughs> he was concerned, and for anybody that's in doubt of this. Please uh, Google Good Samaritan shot in the head, and you'll see my story. And the only person to respond was it from Muintin. Muintin is me. M U I N T H E N. It means arrow. It means to do the right thing. It means like fast and, and strong and straight. So Muintin is like uh, Skipper, Skipper Kelp, uh, UNLV boxing coach, pro boxer. Hangs out with Dana White and Bruce Shipman, Shea Ballard. You know, these are people that I grew up with. We all trained in martial arts and getting the level of martial arts that we have. I mean, I just want to, you know, put that out there that, you know, having good friends, having family, and, you know, and, and Jesus that we believe in, that's what things are all about. Right. To, you know, help family and friends. That full. Um, recently, that full, I was in. Yeah. I was in Brown, Brownsville, Texas at a funeral and the friends had asked me to come there, but they accepted me as their family and they took care of me. I just want to say, that's how we should love our neighbors. 
and I wish to take people in and help them and bless them. But uh, I guess, you know, if you have any other questions, I do want to add two more things, if that's okay. Yeah, man, um, go for it. Go for it. Right. This is like top secret stuff. This is uh, the government. Everybody should be listening right now. <laughs> uh, <to> read. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's nothing that's going to lose your clearance. Right now, no. <laughs> no, this, get to heaven. This is uh, to read Ephesians six. I just want to give everybody attention. Read Ephesians six. I'm not going to read it. Galatians, the fruits of the spirit. Read Hebrews. Now, faith is the things for for hope for and the evidence of things not seen. God created the earth. The earth was void. I think God, Jesus was his witness and God and Jesus are the same. And even though we don't see God, those like you know, like to save faith, we gotta have faith that everything's gonna be okay through our Lord Savior. And I see a lot of people that go through incidents and different tragedies or disaster, tornadoes, earthquakes, and all this other stuff. I see people hoping for like emergency sequels. God says that he would heal the land if we all change from our wicked ways and submit to him and he would bless the land. And I guess I'm just asking our listeners and Christian people to pray around the world this time that he does that. And we can learn that from Second Chronicles Seven fourteen. That you know, that if we believe in him and and humble ourselves before him and repent, he would heal the land. So I just wanted to say those things and thank you all for giving me the opportunity to speak and share my story around the world. Yeah, man. I mean, that's huge, uh, honestly, and really thank you so much for for sharing it. It, it blows my mind the fact that um, you know all the things that you were able to do, it's just still like, it's just so powerful to me. And, and your faith, right? Your steadfast faith in getting through that situation. And then after like, can, can you take us through some of the recovery, you know, that, that you had after that? I mean, I know you're saying right now that you don't have any like PTSD or any kind of pain or whatnot you know, from that situation, but I'm sure after that, right? I mean, like immediately after I that think- situation. There was a growth period. Like, people have asked me, you know, where did the bullets go? I mean, it made me so mad to hear it like the first two weeks after, you know, it's like, well, let me shoot you with the training bullet. <laughs> the bullets went in my head. How am I sitting here talking to you or sharing this with the world than to say that Jesus protected me? And that's all I can tell you. Like the blind man, you know, he said, you know, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. And saying that, I was shot, and I'm here. So how can you explain it? How can I explain it? I can only explain it through my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And what I ask. That's fair, um, man. That's definitely fair. But, but did the, you experience the, some other challenges the, at all, like, after that? The like, doctor what? asked me, he said, Son, you know, you can get a, you can get plastic surgery, if you, need, you know, you, however you don't need it. And I told him I wanted a Tom Cruise nose. And he started laughing. He said, get out of here. You don't need <laughs> Tom Cruise knows. <laughs> like, the first, the first week, I went to the doctor. They took x-rays of my arm. It was broken completely through. The second week when I returned for follow-up, uh, they took the x-ray and 
the doctor, and he, I guess he didn't know that my case was or anything. But he walked into the room and he just looked at me. He's like, why are you here? Everything will heal within three days. I can take you on the recovery process. Of, I got shot on Friday four times in the head. I was on a plane to Florida, Tampa, Florida, to pick up my Nissan Altima to go to my apartment in Largo, in which I got on my knees and prayed the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which was in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I said the Lord's Prayer. I got in bed. I didn't wake up until Tuesday morning from a call from my sister telling me that I had full custody of my daughter, you know. So when I woke up, I was fine. I could move around. I was, you know, I wasn't sore. I mean, I wasn't sore in the beginning, but I drove to Port St. Lucie on 95 South through Alligator Alley. My phone went out. I witnessed to a state trooper. He looked at me like, where's, where's, where's the suspect? You got shot, son? I said, sir, I'm fine. I just wanted you to be the first one to share with that I was shot and Jesus healed me. I went into Port St. Lucie, went to a car wash, witnessed to an owner. I think I slept in my car out there, and then I went back the next morning and drove all the way. I had I didn't need sleep. I didn't, you know, I drove all the way back through Alligator Alley when my phone went out, and at that point my face began to crack like. And I peeled the skin off my face, the blood, the skin. And I looked in the mirror and I just was in tears because God had killed me on that third day, you know, that I drove back to Houston to meet my Shay, which she had already talked to me, telling me she wanted to interview me. And when I arrived back, that's when I interviewed. When you saw me say, you know, this is what Jesus has restored, you know. So. Wow, man. Get out of here. That was my recovery moment. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it, man. That's, that's intense. Uh, guys, I mean, if you're getting anything from this, man, just know that, you know, it doesn't matter what you go through, no matter what hardship, if you have the faith to, you know, stick it out. You, you of the size go, of a mustard seed. Yeah, seriously. You know, it doesn't take much. Uh, oh, it takes a lot, but it doesn't take much to get through something. And, and to keep pushing forward. I mean, you know, so, so in this channel, you know, we, we like to, you know, talk about investments and, and how, you know, just trying to try and break the mindset right in the military, because it's such, so conservative. We think that, you know, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth putting ourselves out there, you know, that, that all, um, all this investment and real estate and all this, like something, something that's scary and, and it's not worth putting yourself out there because you're always going to lose. But and real, realistically, it's not. You know, you you put some faith into it, just like you said, right? The size of a mustard seed. You know, you may go through some ups and downs. You may go through some challenges. But it's all about perspective. I mean, I'll say this. I would take a foreclosure. I would take four or five or six foreclosures time and time after again rather than getting shot four times in the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you right. <laughs> seriously, like you are, you are just the shining example of perseverance, my friend. And I, I'm truly, truly honored and humbled to have you on the show. I mean, a true hero, because you went out there to go and save someone's life, right? I mean, and there are not many people that can say that they've done that, you know, feel like physically gone and done that in this lifetime. So kudos to you, man, and just phenomenal character. 
um, you know, to have you on the show and, and write in a true testament to, you know, our God. I can say our God because I do believe. And man, I'm just, oh, I'm so impressed, man. It just re- reaffirms everything. So who ya to that? Who ya to that? Who <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Whatever. Right? <laughs> it's all good. You, you were reserves in the Navy for a bit, right? So it's all good. Uh, right. So, all right, man, listen, we're running out of time, but uh, I want to take you in our bonus round real quick. I've got three final questions for you. And I already feel like I know the first answer to this question, but what's your favorite book, my man? The Bible. Oh, yep. You knew that. <laughs> yep. I already figured. <laughs> Sounds great. Any of the kids who want superpowers, read the Bible. Don't worry about Marvel comics. I mean, I grew up on Marvel, but I mean, the Bible is the greatest thing we've done. All right, all right. There you go. Next question. All right, next question. Who is your biggest hero and why? Human hero would be my dad. Um, he really, you know, taught me some things. He got me ready for the world. Um, Jesus is the main hero that we all need to worry about because he died for all of our sins. And without him, we wouldn't have the right to the tree of life. All you have to do is do right. And like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not, don't claim to be, but he's blessed me. And if you bless me, I'm sure he would bless you. All right. Outstanding, man. And then final question. If you had three nuggets of wisdom, I mean, you've already given us plenty, but you can break them down to three nuggets of wisdom to give to those who are you know, looking for some, some uplifting or some advice, right? What would it be? Never say never. Uh, first of all, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And not to not understanding and not acknowledge him and he shall direct that path. But the keys to the kingdom of heaven are to humble ourselves, to pray, supplication. And those are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, again, I'm not trying to preach. I'm not I'm claim to be a preacher, but I'm just telling you purely from my heart. Of if I had to ask, you know, when God asked me, did I tell them? I'm going to say, Father, I might be the baddest man alive, but I told them. I told them what was right. I told them to do right. I told them when they're thinking about going to hurt somebody, vengeance is mindset, the Lord, and you should stop and not do that bad thing. You can have a thought, but don't act on it. Don't, don't go out there and hurt somebody. Don't go out there and do somebody wrong. Because that's going to be like coals upon your head. It's going to come back on you tenfold to mess for the Christians. It'll be like he said, cast yourself into the sea if you're going to do something to my children, to my people. So those of you who are evil and you want to do wrong, look out. I'm out here. I'm going to stop you. There's other Christians that are going to stop you. And if we don't stop you, God's going to stop you. Or Jesus is going to stop you. And I'm just telling my friends in Christ and people who want to seek him, read the Bible, seek Jesus, and and just do right, you know. He's the judge, not me. I mean, I don't know. But go ahead. All right, all right. Hey, all good, my <laughs> That's man. That's what I would tell him. There it is. And it's great, and it's great wisdom. Him. There you go. You told him. You did what you needed to do. 
<laughs> hey man, listen, Mike. Get right. What was that? <laughs> I told Mike Foster to get right. Ah. I told myself to get right. I'm telling the world, you better get right. Get, get right. right. I love it. Right. I love it. Get right. Yep. Message, <laughs> message received, my friend. Wait, Listen. Tell get your mind right. Yeah. <laughs> get your mind right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Outstanding, my man. Listen, Mike, thank you so much again for uh for this awesome, God awesome bless you podcast. All. Thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you too, my friend. And uh take good care. Continue to inspire other people out there. Like I know you are. So hoo ya. I will. Hey man. Take care of you too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike, for sharing that amazing story. Really appreciate it and appreciate your time. And hey, guys, we appreciate you guys for coming uh, and listening on to the show. All right. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure that you go and do that because you don't want to miss any of the awesome episodes that we have coming up. And man, I'm telling you, we've got some great ones coming. So don't miss out. And if you haven't checked out our webpage yet, go to www.activedutypassiveincome.com. Or check out our forum at Start the Spark. You don't want to miss out on the action that's going on over there. And if you're just getting started, make sure that you check out our VA loan course, right? If you haven't used your VA loan yet, it's an amazing course. We call it the VA Loan Mastery Course. And it teaches you everything about the VA loan to what you can do with it and how you can build wealth to further invest and build that pension outside of the military, all right? We are here for you guys and make sure that you reach out because we want to help. Catch you later.